Hi, I'm Sarah Baker. Welcome to Mama Stories. I created Mama Stories after seeing how impactful sharing stories can be in overcoming the challenges of motherhood. I am where I am today because of the stories of so many amazing strong mamas. And I want to share that with anyone I can. So follow along to laugh, cry, and be empowered. Welcome to the show today, Haley. Haley, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, why don't you tell us a little bit about who Haley is? So I'm going to say, y'all, I've been in South Carolina for two or three years and I already picked up on it. But hey, y'all, I'm Haley. I wear many hats. I'm a military spouse, a mom of two, a birth, postpartum, and virtual doula, and recently a lifestyle coach. So being a doula gives me the opportunity to encourage women in their most vulnerable state, and being a mom allows me to nurture, and now I'm officially a coach that has the opportunity to empower others. My other hobbies include blogging, taking pictures, and traveling, and I'm extremely passionate about mental health, and fitness plays a huge role in caring for myself. I think it is so important for mothers to advocate for themselves postpartum, and I want to help them with that. I came on this podcast to share my journey and be vulnerable to get others to do the same. Awesome. Well, Haley, we're really happy to have you. Um, All right. Well, let's start at the beginning of your journey. Uh, Obviously, you have taken a role in your life now to, like you mentioned, advocate for women, help moms-to-be and moms-after pregnancy, more in that fourth trimester time. So walk us through your journey of becoming a mom. I know your first child's name is Grayson, so we share something in common. Yes, yours too. Yes. We just spell it a little bit differently. Yeah. So tell me about your experience after having Grayson. Like, what was that like that kind of transformed your um, life to where you are now? So that was probably where it all began with why I started advocating for myself so much, because after I had Grayson, I had extreme postpartum anxiety. And, you know, I have a background in medical stuff. So I had a little bit of knowledge in it, but I didn't realize I had postpartum anxiety myself. And I just didn't want anybody else to hold him. I was really protective. And I was so fearful of SIDS. I literally had him take every nap on my chest and like watch him like a hawk at night. He was sleeping so well at night, but I wasn't because I was just watching him. And so to do to cope with all of that, I was like, I need an outlet. I don't leave the house. I need an outlet. And I'm very creative. So my family's suggesting writing about it. And I love to write. And so I was like, I'll just start a blog. And so I started a blog, like, you know, journaling about all my anxiety and stuff like that. And it helped me tremendously. And then what came from that is the community. The community, I'm sure you've learned this, on Instagram is huge Mm -hmm. for moms. And so many people reached out with the same experience and it was just so nice because motherhood can be so lonely and it does not need to be. Right. There's so much resources out there for us. And I'm so happy I got connected when I did because I needed that community most after I had my daughter as well. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you, <laughs> I obviously can't agree more. Like, And I think it's like that. I think we feel or we put ourselves in this state of isolation, especially in that um time that you're describing because of the fact that it is just something maybe we're not used to hearing all the time or 
again, maybe it's something we just can't really digest at that time because we have everything else going on, like our hormones, we're healing from. We don't worry about ourselves. We worry about the child. For sure. Yeah. Well, and I think that is what you're talking. I mean, postpartum anxiety is all the things you mentioned, which is that concern might seem natural. Like, oh, I should be this worried about my child. But really, like, what is that in turn causing you negatively from a health perspective, right? Like what's it doing to you to not sleep, to have all that stress, to not let other people hold him and not help. And so it's just hard, I think as a new mom or even an existing mom to really digest all of those things. So yeah, it's hard. I'm glad you found blogging as an outlet and found that community. Um, you mentioned that with your second daughter or your second um, child, which is your daughter, Blakely, right? Correct. Okay. You also experienced postpartum depression. So what did you do to help overcome that the second time? So the second time was so much different than the first. I had crazy amount of guilt that I wasn't going to love her as much as I loved my first. Mm. And because I was so busy with having two, I was like, I'm not holding her as much and I'm not connecting with her. And honestly, it took me a while to realize that I was having all the symptoms of postpartum depression. Like I loved her something fierce, but I just didn't feel like connected to her. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? It wasn't that I didn't like her or anything. I loved her and I cared for her tremendously, but it was like, is she mine? Why is it she feel like, why don't I feel the amount of love? And it, it was me coming to the realization that my son is two and a half years old. That's two and a half years of bonding. And this baby is a couple months old. I need to give this time. And like, it was in the back of my head that, you know, you just connect with your baby right away, right when it comes out, because I kind of had that with Grayson, but everything, every time and every baby is completely different and you're going to connect with it at your own pace. And that was the hardest part for me to realize was I just needed to give it time. And we had a family camping trip where Blakely was really fussy and I like had to soothe her outside of the camper and just like, it was just in the forest and it was just me and her, no social media, like no distractions. Mm -hmm. And it was just me and her like locking eyes. And I know that sounds so corny, but like (laughs) I needed that trip. And it was like, that was like me connecting with her. That was like a monumental trip. Mm, And I will never forget that. I'm really glad you said that. Thank you for sharing that because I know it's hard to say things like I didn't feel connected. That makes you feel, or I guess it's got the stigma that it makes you sound or feel like a bad mom, but it's so real. Like I remember vividly when my doctor was like, look, cause Grayson had just come out. And I remember looking at him thinking, is that him? Like, I don't. And I have, I have held so much guilt about that for so long because I, saw him and didn't instantly think, oh, that was my baby. And then finally, when I started hearing these stories, I was like, oh, okay, that's totally normal. But you don't know that because that's not the stories people usually share when you talk about pregnancy or delivery or all those other things. Was there anything else that you did other than, you know, getting that time with Blakely and having those moments like naturally grow? Was there anything else you did to help overcome um, that postpartum depression? definitely not isolating myself because the reason I got into that depression was because I wasn't advocating for myself and I wasn't telling anybody about the feelings I was having. I finally sat down and I talked to my husband about it and I was like, 
I just am, I don't feel like connected with her. And at first he thought I was silly because sometimes guys just don't understand. And sometimes other people just don't understand unless they're in your shoes. But mm-hmm. I finally spoke up and he's like, you know, I'm really glad you started talking to me about it. And once I started talking to him, I had the courage to talk about it on social media. And that is when it helped so much because other people could relate. And you don't know how much it means to hear I've been there or Mm. I'm sorry to hear what you're going through. Like just little tiny words of affirmation are definitely my love language. And that's probably why I love social media so much. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it was advocating for myself that helped me get out of it. Yeah. Um, you mentioned in their first email to me that Blakely was a rainbow baby. So during, yes, she was. Okay, so between Grayson and Blakely, you experienced a miscarriage? Yes, I did. And unfortunately, my, since I'm military, my husband was out of town during the miscarriage. So that was really oh, so tough. To and that. he did so amazing supporting me from his training. But it was really hard. And two of my friends came to the rescue because I had to go to the ER And I brought Grayson with me because I didn't really know what was going on. I had an idea, but I was like, I can't leave him. And I'm, I have a hard time leaving him with anybody. Mm -hmm. And so I got to the ER and I was there like for so long that my friends came and picked him up and put him to bed. And I'm just so thankful that Mm -hmm. I have those type of friends because those are the ones you need to keep around. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Did you know you were pregnant or that was when you Um, No, I knew I was pregnant because Mm -hmm. I'm one of those, like, pee on the stick as soon as you can. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I knew I was pregnant, but it was, like, it wasn't iffy if I was pregnant because all the lines were so faint because usually when you're having a miscarriage, it doesn't come up too strong. So I was, like, half excited. I, like, told my husband. It was right before he left. I put on a shirt that I wore when I was pregnant with Grayson that said, Growing Our Tribe. And I like told him and then like the next day he left and then that's when it all happened. Oh, I'm so sorry. Because I like wanted to get to tell him before he left in person. So I was really pumped up about it. Mm -hmm. And then, but we were very fortunate in a sense that we got pregnant with Blakely very soon. Mm -hmm. And I am so happy because she just brings me joy every single Mm. day. And she is a total rainbow baby in that sense where she just brightens your day. Oh, that's so sweet. That's, that's amazing. Well, I'm glad you look at it that way. It's hard. Yes. Um, It's really hard to look at it that way. And it took me a while to speak like that about it. But I love that people can be more open about that now, because that's something that should not be kept inside either. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know, other than if it's, you know, your preference of privacy there's nothing shameful about it. And I think that's what was making it so covered up before as I've ventured into this era where I get to meet all these moms who have experienced this. It seems like it was just more of a shameful thing, which to me just doesn't make any sense because it's just not really Well, it's really easy to blame ourselves for something like that. And as much as I did blame myself for it, I'm learning that you know, it just was not meant to be. And I got Blakely out of it. So, yeah. So, um, obviously you've mentioned, and we just talked about a little bit that you're a military spouse. So what are some challenges that you have? Do you guys have to move a lot? Are you in one space? Yes, we're actually moving now. I won't go into details where we move. My husband's kind of private about that, Okay, but we are moving in a month from now. Oh (laughs) man. 
yeah, so we've been at our base now for like two and a half years, and then we'll be at our next base for two and a half to three years. Does that make you like excited to like try new places or do you get bummed every yes. time you move? My husband always talks about, he's like, I am so happy you're the type of person that you are because you just like, I'm like, okay, let's try a new place. Like you kind of have to be ready to, for change. And I'm not crazy about change. I'm really structured and stuff, Mm -hmm. but I love the possibility of building new friendships and making new memories. And we are big on traveling. So this new base that we're moving to has a lot of opportunity for camping. So we're excited to make new family memories, but definitely as a mom, being able to talk to other moms at each base is like how you get connected and attending all the military events and just like plugging yourself in right when you get there. So it doesn't get as lonely. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask is like how you, I mean, I've, basically grown up in the same area that I'm in now and it's hard to meet mom friends like it's hard to find that community and so other than the military is there like other ways that you get out when you move to a new town to make mom friends or to make friends yes so when we moved here I actually started teaching mommy and me fitness class on base and that's how I met a lot of friends oh that's cool so that's yeah it was really fun so basically with that um, I brought Grayson and I taught the fitness class cause I have my certification in, um, pre and postnatal fitness. So we would do a workout and we'd like incorporate the babies as our weight and stuff. Oh, that's really cool. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. And then as they get bigger, they play on their own. That's really cool. Yeah. That's nice to just have them play together so that you can work out. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's cool. All right. So, uh, you also mentioned in your intro that you are a, uh, birth virtual and, uh, postpartum doula. So what's a virtual doula? Is it just like you have client meetings over the internet, like over the phone or Skype or. Yeah. Okay. Every form of virtualness, I guess you could say like FaceTime, Skype, um, text message, phone call, basically what a virtual doula is crucial for it's for someone that already has that support role filled so someone that might have their spouse that already plans to be at the birth so my job is to get their the spouse prepared to be their doula as well as help them along the way during their pregnancy and postpartum Um, so getting them prepared mentally as well as you know sending them different things that they can try like different breathing techniques and comfort measures that them and their partner can try. So it's preparing them over the phone as well as like, if they're not in my area, then I can call them or text them to check in. Okay. That's pretty cool. Well, I would imagine that some of your clients that you're getting ready for this role of support are husbands or males and you mentioned earlier the difficulty of communicating some of the things we go through as uh, moms with our husbands, which I would agree just because it's such a different role. Um, How do you do that virtually? Like what are, I guess, what are some challenges that you face because you, you know, you you are talking to someone that might not exactly understand the whole process. And then also just like having that disconnect of not being there in person. How do you do that? 
So the biggest challenge is like not being face to face. So FaceTime definitely helps with that because it feels like you're kind of there. But when it comes to having challenges with the support role and getting them prepared, it definitely helps when they're on board and they're eager to be the support role. Mm. So I use YouTube resources a lot. And so I'll send them a link and have them practice with their partner and then show me a video of them practicing it before they get to the labor room so they're not like oh I don't remember how to do it like they've already practiced it and they could even pull up the video of themselves during labor and be like okay this is how I'm going to apply counter pressure this is how I'm going to do the double hip squeeze and there are little things that doulas do that we can share with those partners so they can feel like they're a part of the birth team okay well that's cool because when I heard virtual I just thought maybe you like checked in with moms pre and post virtually? Yeah, but- I do that as well. But my main thing that I'm focusing right now is being there for the partner and the spouse too. Like I figured that was implied with the virtual. Do you teach face-to-face birth classes as well or? Um- I do not. So okay. I don't know if you've heard of mommy labor nurse. I recommend her birth course online. So that's the one that I kind of, direct my clients to. And then if they um, don't take that, then I suggest doing the ones at their hospital because birth education is so important. And I think it relieves so much anxiety if you know what you're going into. Well, yeah, I would, I would agree. Uh, I was not the kind of mom to take classes or to prepare, but there was definitely some times when I was at in the labor room where I thought, man, I really wish I understood what the process should look like. And especially now that I hear some of these stories from other moms, it's so important just to understand, I guess, what quote unquote normalcy is in the labor room so that you can be more calm or you know when to ask questions or when to be a little bit more alarmed. Yeah, I think that's And that's another role as a doula too, is encouraging the laboring women to advocate for themselves. And as a virtual doula, I teach you to do that and I prepare you to ask the right questions at your prenatal appointments and know what to say in the delivery room to make sure your birth plan wishes are heard. Do you ever, um, like virtually attend a birth, like set up a, yes. Okay. Oh, so that's I can cool. do like a FaceTime. Usually they do FaceTime. Okay. But, um, and I've also, one of my first births that I attended was for a spouse where her husband was deployed. So mm. he FaceTimed us. So that's another way. It's amazing what we can do with technology now. Well, yeah. And I mean, obviously military um, life hits home for you, but I can imagine not having your spouse there for something like that. Right. I've been fortunate enough for my husband was my man doula at both of mine. And then my grandma was also able to attend both my births too. So Mm. that was really awesome. That's so cool. Now, before you had your, um, before you were a mom, you mentioned that you were in the medical field into some capacity. Um, mm-hmm. And then after you had Grayson, it looks like about a year after is when you became a doula. Was that always the goal when you were in your medical um, It was field? not. Okay. When I was in nursing school, the goal was to be an OB nurse. So definitely okay. the same field. Mm-hmm. But growing up, I always wanted to be a pediatrician. And then as I learned more about it, I was like, I can't give shots to kids. (laughs) And and then when I did my rotations in nursing school, 
um, then I was like, I need to do OB. Like, this is where I belong. And then after having Grayson, I was like, okay, this is, I need to be the person cheering me on. Yeah. Cause that's not really the role of an OB <laughs> as I've learned. No, not as much. No. Okay. Not as much, mm. but they definitely, they do a lot that the doula does as well. And there are some amazing OB nurses out there that are, I love that there's so many OB nurses out on social media right now, educating moms. It is amazing. The education you can get just on Instagram. I mean, yeah, there's some stuff that's not accurate, but there's other stuff that has amazing visuals that just makes labor seem so much easier when it's in visual and video form. Yeah. I mean, there's, you're right. There is so much information out there. It is really important to know who you're following and also um, to do some additional like research after you see something. But I would agree. There's a lot in there to kind of help clear some of that like murky water that we're in sometimes as moms, whether it's your first birth or your second or your fifth, whatever it is. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Well, I think it's really cool that you went down that whole path and then was like, no, I really want to pursue something a little bit more, I would say tangible for a, a mom or a soon to be mom. Completely. When I was in nursing school and had goals of being nurse, I pictured myself as just working as a nurse and then having kids later on and then like taking time off. But once I became a mom, I'm like, I want to stay home with these kids and I need something where I just go out for a day once a month. And, you know, because when I have one client a month, I talk to them basically virtually the whole entire month or have like meetings where they come over and we chat about their birth plan, but then their birth is usually only one or two days. And, you know, my husband sometimes will take off work for that or family will visit to help or a babysitter, you know, I'm not gone every single night. It's only that crucial one or two days. And I definitely don't take on more than I can handle. And that's why right now I'm doing a lot of the virtual stuff during our move because I didn't want to have to worry about the pressure of being in person for a birth during our move. I mean, I, we just moved like literally not even a month ago into a new house and Mm -hmm. moving with just one baby, he is two, but moving with just one was very difficult. I can't imagine doing it with two and doing it to a completely different state. That would be really hard. So I, oh, yeah. I can we're, see why. We're driving and I didn't say the location, so that won't give you an idea, but it will take us like a week to get where we're going. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. And you're driving. Wow. You're yeah, brave. We're only doing like four to six hour legs and we're like um, camping in the trailer along the way. So it'll be like a little family vacation. We hey, thought about fun. vlogging about it. You should, you should totally I've do never that. done that yet. I have not jumped into that realm yet. Well, I think that that's great. I think you should. I would love to do something like that, but I'm not a camper. <laughs> and I don't think Grayson well, would last glamping. an hour in the car. Oh, okay. Glamping. That's good. I could yeah, do that. So it's in a travel trailer. Okay. I could do that. A little bit easier. <laughs> Still hard with two babies though. Still yes. It will be hard, but that'll be really cool. It's nice to get a little family time and yes. slowly moved to your next destination versus right. like one day. Yeah. Um, that's really cool. Well, I do, um, 
think that you're brave to do it via car, but it'll bring on some good memories, I'm sure. Absolutely. So um, when you talk about being a doula, what are some things Mm -hmm. now that you're a mom or that you are a mom and a doula that help you be a better doula because you are a mom? So that's a question that I get asked a lot too, because some doulas aren't moms and that's okay too. But I think being able to relate to the birth experience and being able to relate to all the hormones (laughs) that you feel, I think that's the biggest thing. Like, especially with my postpartum doula work, um, I'm currently finishing up my training on perinatal mental health. And so perinatal is the period before and after birth. Mm -hmm. And so with doing all that training, I'm coming to the realization that, you know, I struggled with a lot of this and now I can relate to that with my clients. And I know you mentioned earlier that you think it's great that I'm able to look at my miscarriage as bringing me Blakely. But another positive that came out of the miscarriage is that I experienced something that so many women experience. Mm -hmm. And if I encounter a client that has experienced that as well, I will be able to sympathize with them in that sense. And it's horrible that I had to go through that to feel that. But when you try to look at the positive of every situation, that's one thing that came from that experience, that relatability to other people, you know? For sure. And I think not only that too, just showing them that there is a light, whether that be... right. And there's hope in every situation. Yeah. And that what moving forward looks like. I definitely agree that that is a huge value. And I'm so fortunate to do this podcast and meet moms from all different walks of lives. And I definitely cannot relate to a lot of the things that are um, being said. But what I, you know, can get for myself is just inspiration that no matter what happens, like there is moving forward and there is, right. um, you know, something more that can come from even the worst tragedy that you can think right. of. Right. For sure. Right. Well, I think We go through so many, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. We go through so many different seasons of life and it's so interesting to see where each individual is at and how they handle that season. And when we learn about a hard season that they went through, we can take that and use it in a hard season we might experience. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm always, every time I talk to a mom, I swear I'm like pocketing something else. And anytime something happens, I'm just pulling it out. Like, okay, remember when you heard this? Remember when you heard this mom say that? Because yeah, I mean, I feel like I've learned that and Grayson's only two um, you know, that anytime a mom talks, I just feel like all I'm doing is just carefully listening. Like, what can I take from this? Because I know I'm going to need to use this later. Like I know I'm going to need to have this information or this quote or this saying in my pocket so I can remember it at my lowest time or my darkest time or whatever it is. Right. Um, okay. So beginning of the podcast, you did say something about your, uh, fear of going from one to two, which I had a question about and I wrote it down and I haven't asked it yet. But, um, so when you were about to have Blakely, you were concerned about love and balance and all these things you could do for having not just one, but now two babies. Mm -hmm. What's been like, 
the biggest challenge of having two and then also like your biggest like aha or success or something you just didn't know what having two babies was going to be like? So I think with time, it definitely took time to learn that I am capable of loving two equally. And I don't even want to say equally because it's different love for each of them. Mm -hmm. But whenever I like would post or ask about, you know, I'm so scared to have two people would always say your heart's going to grow. Your heart's going to grow. And it totally does. You have so much love to give and your love was meant to be given to these babies. And I think my biggest like aha moment was that moment when I was camping and I was connecting with Blakely. I'm like, okay, I don't know why I was so in my head about this. I was meant to have you. Mm. Sorry, I get teary eyed Mm. thinking about that moment, but Mm. it's, it's totally valid to have those feelings of doubt and it's totally valid to feel like I'm not capable and all moms experience that or most moms do, but it's just learning to go with the flow of things and accept the love that's brought your way and just embracing it in all its forms. Yeah. It's funny. You, you said, um, all moms do. And then you were like, well, most moms, but I actually, (laughs) I've caught myself saying that before too. I actually do believe all moms do feel that way. Like I will say that I will come out and say it. it. I mean, a drip, a speckle, anything. I am so confident. That Split second. All moms I think do. so too. It's I just, just didn't want to say that and someone would be like, oh, well, I haven't. No, 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 I know. But the thing is, I truly believe that they do. Just some aren't willing or ready or just even wanting to share that, which is totally fine. Or acknowledging it. Yes, yeah. or acknowledging it, but... I just, I really do believe like all moms have that feeling and it's so beautiful when moms can share that because whether another mom is like raising their hand, like, yes, that's me too. I know inside they're like, okay, me too, but I'm not going to say it. Like what, you know, I'm just going to move on from this. And so it's really important to just always say those things, like what you experience, because there is a mom who might always claim that they didn't or that they don't feel that way but I know deep down inside, it feels good to know that they're not alone and they're not the only ones. Right. Well, Haley, I cannot thank you enough for coming on and sharing everything. Um, I'm so glad that we could finally sit down and talk. Uh, yes, I just thank have, you so much. Oh, of course. I just have one last question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Out of everything you've experienced, being a military spouse, going from one to two, obviously experiencing a miscarriage, now just deep diving into this um, career of yours of just giving back to moms and being there for moms. What's your one piece of advice that you have for all the mamas out there? My biggest piece of advice is give yourself grace and don't be so hard on yourself. I'm still learning to accept that every day, Mm. but that is my biggest piece of advice. That's so good. Well, I I would agree that we should all do that. And I also would agree that you have to do that and remind yourself every day. Right. So good. Well, thank you, Haley. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed it. Now, if you're hooked, you can subscribe to this podcast, follow along on social media at The Mama Stories, or visit the website, mamastories.com. And mamas, I love you.